You're listening to Music Tectonics. Hi everyone and welcome to Music Tectonics, the podcast that explores where music and tech collide and move mountains. I'm your host today, Trister Neuer Jaeger, Director of Strategy at Rock, Paper, Scissors, the music tech PR firm. Today we're chatting with Judah and Kwesi of Airbit, the producer platform that aims to do more than just talk beats. Airbit was built by a beats producer looking to make producers' lives easier and continues to focus on education and community for its producers and artists. So today we'll talk a bit about creator tools, how producers work, and what changes could make life better for the people who power some of our favorite music, the beat makers and sound crafters. Judah and Kwesi, thanks so much for joining me today. Yeah, great to be here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, awesome to be here. Awesome. Thanks so much. Uh, so I always love to hear a little bit about what you're up to and how you got there. So if you don't mind, Kwesi, can you give me a little bit of a one minute summary of your backstory and how you got to Airbit? Yeah, sure. Um, so uh, I'm, my name is Kwesi, Kwesi Albert Let's Pop. Uh, I'm a producer, also a web designer. Um, and and uh, how I really got my start uh, in, in, in the music industry is through my family. My family's from Ghana, West Africa. I was born here in the States. So, um, I actually was raised there in Ghana for a while, came here back to the States when I was about two or three. And my mom taught me how to speak English through songwriting. And so then I started learning how to play some instruments. And so I was self-taught, but I got uh, mentored by my uncle who cashed out when he came here to the States on credit cards and built a studio. And so my life really grew up, I was really growing up in the studio. Um, so the language and le lexicon of the recording industry and just kind of uh, music business is something that I was familiar to from the jump. Um, and then I moved to the Bay Area when I was about 10 or 11 and was just surrounded by a lot of tech. It was a tech boom, uh, the, the Y2K crash, and just saw a lot of both sides and the two tails of, of what tech and industry can do. Uh, but that that just kind of gave me a great um, a great sense of what it's like to be an entrepreneur. So uh, growing up, that's what I did. I, I sold beats in high school, uh, made some money. My mom was so surprised that I was so young, bringing home hundreds of dollars. And uh, so that's kind of like how I had a really good connection with Arabit and and kind of beat selling marketplaces and and started getting really interested in that 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 world of production. Went to music school, a little bit of art school, and then uh, continued to just work as a designer and web designer and continue to make beats. So, um, and recently just, you know, got a great sense of connection with Arabit directly and have been working and being a community builder over there. So that's a little bit of my background, how I've gotten to where I'm at today. I love it. And Judah, you also have a really interesting background in working with some bigger tech companies and media companies. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how you got to Arabit? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Judah and I'm the chief operating officer here at Airbit. And yeah, I mean, shortly after college, I moved to New York City uh, and was working for a magazine and had a little startup on the side. We were producing tours for bands. Um, and so it was a, a small little thing. We worked together as, as, a, as a small group um, producing tours for indie rock bands and uh, one of them ended up being the Killers, and so my uh, my business partner ended up going with the Killers on tour, and he hasn't looked back since. He's still with them, so it kind of uh, kind of threw the 
through the band out of out of sorts, meaning my company out of sorts, and we ended up um, splitting ways. and And that's when I got into uh, digital publishing. I worked for a number of companies, um, selling ads and and building teams to uh, monetize uh, companies or brands like Stereo Gum and Hype Machine and a bunch of different music brands, which led me to. Uh, becoming an executive at Mashable, which is which was a, a really large uh, publisher, similar to BuzzFeed, and then from there I went uh, and became an executive at Fender. Went back to my music roots, and uh, and then from Fender um, I ended up uh, moving over to to Airbit uh, and uh, became a partner of the company with Wasim, uh, who is the original founder. And uh, and yeah, we've we've been building uh, Airbit together for for the past um, you know three going on four years, and I wanted to just kind of pull this note out uh, how Quasi and I met because I think it's interesting. It's Quasi randomly reached out to me on LinkedIn. He had feedback for me uh, about Airbit, and I was so impressed with the feedback. I followed back up. We hopped on a call, talked for a really long time, and next thing you know. Uh, is now part of the Airbit family. So, um, you know, these are how these things work. I think just, you know, the way Airbit, you know, came together has been really through just, you know, people taking the initiative and, and really smart people, um, you know, providing, uh, interesting ideas. So just wanted to kind of throw that little tidbit out there. That's great. And that kind of feedback back is a huge gift and it's wonderful when you can accept that gift in the spirit it's given, right. And, and start a real productive conversation. That's amazing. Okay, well, let me um, let me ask you the first question. I kind of want to lay some groundwork for listeners who may not be completely familiar with how the Beats world works. Um, what does production look like today? How do you guys uh, imagine what the different approaches are, the different kinds of producers out there? And how do what's the workflow like? Does it differ among genres or subgenres? Just give us a roadmap. Well, I want to I want to defer this to to Quasi because I want to set the the stage. I am not a music producer, and <laughs> Quasi absolutely is. He's an amazing music producer. So Quasi, will you take take this? Oh yeah. Oh, I can go for days on this, but I'm going to try to be like succinct. Uh, well, you know, we did a five hour long podcast. That that's cool. That works. <laughs> okay, cool. As long as we got bathroom breaks. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, there's a, there's a lot there. That's a pretty that's a pretty loaded question. Yeah. Um, and it's like, what is what does production look like today? And I, you know, it's kind of you know these are kind of like general um, concepts, but I could speak from my experience and just kind of what I see is the landscape for for production and producers today. Um, uh, and in comparison to what I've seen for the for the past years, uh, me growing up, it was it was like the Jay Z Black Album where you saw super producers like Pharrell and um, Kanye and Just Blaze and Timberland all in the studio with Jay-Z making an amazing album. And that was where I was introduced to the idea that producers were also brands. Producers are also artists because they make artists who they are. It's, it's It's a combination of two different artists. And sometimes we look at performing artists as just the artist when it's it's really a combination of a team that makes them that brings out who they are and so that was like my first introduction to understanding that dude producers can make a lot of money they're always behind what makes this uh what makes these artists who they are like who's behind the beat and um today we're seeing this evolution of of 
of creators and and in kind of like the older old older model of the music business it's like you hire a producer you find a producer that can produce something they pretty much get a few points and they get their their composition royalties or what have you but now we're seeing kind of this 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 turn to to um to the creator economy and so i mean with the birth of like youtube and and um instagram and social media platforms you start to see influencers uh start to create their own content and we forget that music production truly is the content in which a vocal performer needs that content in order to create their content um acapellas don't sell as much as the full songs and so uh this evolution to the producer the new producer economy is really a com it's really the creator economy that it's evolving towards uh, and i think that's why uh Arabic's so important and uh, for producers to not only monetize themselves but to see themselves as a business uh, sometimes it's 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 when you're a producer you have a manager you have you know representation you can sign to a label but this is this is kind of the independent creator economy that's happening and now people are starting to look at their beats different they're looking at their beats the way that a youtube um creator looks at their content it's it's yours and and to lease it out or create a license for it um is extremely important the workflow um like today is this is the, this the producer world is really like you you want to you want to expand who you are so it's not just about the beats you create it's about the sound it's about what is your sound and and how 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 much have you worked on your craft to putting you in a position to where you can create sound packs or 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 little sample packs some 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 of your throwaways that you might not feel like can be a full beat someone else can be inspired by that so to creating creating a a sound kit uh to share with other people and collaborate is kind of where the workflow is like it's more than just your beats like it's your expression and your sound and and so like there there's so many different approaches that producers can take in in the digit in this current digital age that um expands who they are as an artist and as a content creator um and we're and we're seeing examples of that with like lo-fi hip-hop and um you checking videos of producers that are also youtube personalities and they're capitalizing on it by being who they are um out and showing who they are in this world um uh and and that's how people become fans of them and they end up on these playlists and and they're supporting themselves so uh that's pretty long-winded but <laughs> that's really that's the great. landscape that um i um, i'm seeing right now as a producer Quasi, i have a quick follow-up question um that i hope is is quick um i i'm wondering as we're seeing this sort of convergence or this merger between the creator economy so folks working on different social media and other kinds of platforms and the um the and producers are you starting to hear any interesting new developments in terms of sound? Like what, what's the aesthetic impact of these two groups of people talking to one another and kind of feeding off each other? And can, can you expand a little bit on that question? So yeah. specifically sound and how does that, yes. what do you mean by the two different groups? Well, as people, as two, so if I'm a YouTuber or if I'm on TikTok, um, I'm looking for something specific, right? In terms of making content. How are producers responding to that? Like what's the sort of aesthetic and artistic side of of that? Do you, does that make sense? Yes, yeah. So in the sense of, searching for a sound that suits you um 
yeah. if I'm an example, if I'm an artist and I'm trying to collaborate with producers. Yeah. Are there, um, are you seeing some interesting new sounds coming up, like bubbling up as producers talk to influencers? Like, are, is there more interest in like different kinds of beats, different tempos, different kinds of timbres, samples from uh, more vintage sounding samples versus things that sound more like electronic futuristic? Are there uh, particular instruments that are coming up? Anything like that that comes to mind? Because I know you're listening to the community pretty closely. Right. Yeah. You know, this is this is one thing that is really amazing by like looking at the um, the the landscape and soundscape really of of just the 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 digital landscape right now. So many genres are being born and subgenres born out of that and niches that honestly somehow evolved in, in hip hop culture in unique ways. Like if you look at TikTok. TikTok sound. We've never seen sound um, be overly expanded on um, the way we're seeing it today. Uh, there's like with TikTok, you have one viral sound. It's like everyone uses it to use it as a way to get more eyes to their content. It's like they're fighting for attention. And so, but in the in in doing that, it's also introdu introducing the world. It's kind of like becoming this this echo chamber, like this this megaphone uh, to the world, exposing music, new music to people who never would have heard it. And so you see these TikTok trends happening because people are using this viral sound, like oh, this this lo-fi hip hop thing is 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 used in so many videos, or this this one is borrowed and used in so many videos and so many. Uh, different pieces of content. And so it exposes you to different types of sounds. It's amazing to to see that happen with TikTok, but it's not just TikTok. It's it's Instagram, it's Snapchat, it's um uh there's it's YouTube. Um folks are being able to discover a lot of different sounds. So like from the hyper pop movement to the lo-fi mm -hmm. to chill wave and chill hop and um you're seeing a, a different type of community and different type of audience being exposed to these things. It's, it's, it's really exciting right now. Yeah. There's a lot of like beautiful sounds for people that just like timbral, uh, timbral pleasures. This is, this is your era. <laughs> so we're going to take a quick little break and then we're going to be right back with more discussion about production, fun sounds and all that good stuff. Music Tectonics live events are back. Find out about new tools for succeeding in an ever-changing business at our Seismic Activity Online event series. On Wednesday, February 2nd, we're inviting labels and managers to gather for demos from Revelator, the blockchain-based digital asset management platform for creative IP, and Melon, a premier development studio for music and brand experiences in the metaverse. That's February 2nd at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Then, on Wednesday, February 9th, Artists and producers come together for demos from Lander, a platform where music makers can create, master, and distribute their music. And Airbit, the online marketplace where producers can sell their beats and artists can buy those beats at a fair price. If you're loving the conversation Trista's having with Judah and Quazy today, you don't want to miss this. That's February 9th at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Find out how to register for seismic activity events at musictectonics.com. 
Each Wednesday of the month, Seismic Activity convenes a different element of the music tech community for networking, demos, and togetherness with regular events for startup founders, labels and managers, artists and producers, and music tech VIPs. See the upcoming schedule at musictectonics.com. Sign up for the Music Tectonics newsletter to stay up to date. Music Tectonics Seismic Activity is where the music tech community connects online. Everyone who works where music and tech meet is welcome. And now, back to Tristra. Hey, we're back with Judah and Kwesi of Airbit, and we're going to talk a little bit more about producers. And now we had some fun talking a little bit about how producers do their work, some of the aesthetic sides of these new dynamics and developments involving social media platforms and producers. Judah, I would love to hear a little bit from your perspective about what is more what what adds to a marketplace. So there are several Beats marketplaces out there, and I know that Airbit has been really pushing both uh, in, in public and behind the scenes to set things up for success so that there's a really viable producer um, path out there, right? So selling Beats or not selling Beats is just a part of it. Can you tell me a bit about this more holistic vision that you guys have for Beats and producers in the sort of wider music business? So publishing and monetization of different kinds. Let's talk about the business side. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So first off, I just want to explain the origin of Airbit. Um, you know, our, our founder and CEO, Wasim Kamalichi, he started this for kind of self selfish needs. He was a producer and um, he saw that in general, producers were uh, underserved. You know, they were sort of, um, you know, kind of taken advantage of in a way because they would provide beats to artists or labels who generally, you know, if you were not a super producer, you would just give them your work for free. And, uh, and then, you know, artists and labels would capitalize on it. And once money was made, you'd get money on the back end as a producer. And a lot of times you weren't even really given uh, credit. And so, you know, we looked at Airbit or he looked at Airbit and continue to this day, look at Airbit as a champion for this underserved community. And so what Airbit has become is the ability to earn money for your music upfront. You can sell or license your beats on Airbit. You can have your own individual store. We have this infinity store, which is absolutely magical. It allows you to go ahead and create your own polished, professional looking storefront to sell your beats. And then we also have this robust marketplace on Airbit where you can go ahead and upload your beats and um, and sell to potential buyers, whether it be uh, a label or an artist, a songwriter, uh, a music supervisor or whatnot. And so, you know, this whole idea of championing the, the producer is really about giving them their fair shake, giving them credit, giving them the ability to earn up front. And so we didn't just stop at being able to just transact on selling a, a beat. What we wanted to try to do is find ways to monetize. So one really awesome thing that you get as a subscriber to Airbit is the access to our YouTube monetization. So through the Content ID system, you can automatically distribute your beats to YouTube and then collect on your share of the revenue that YouTube earns by playing your music in videos across YouTube. So that's just an example of how we're looking at this. And we're, we're continuing this whole distribution conversation. We'll be announcing a really big um, uh, opportunity where you're gonna now be able to push your music to um, you know, YouTube directly, as well as TikTok. Uh, and then, you know, Audio Mac is out there as well. We're having discussions there. So there's there's lots of uh, new monetization and distribution options that we're 
offering that would be a, a, a direct to platform distribution just for subscribe, you know, included in your subscription mm -hmm. uh, to Airbit. And so we're, we're looking at ways to, to, to sort of distribute, but we're also looking at other things that you could sell, like creative services. Uh, we, we allow sound packs to be sold on the individual stores. Um, <clears throat> coming soon this year, we'll also allow uh, users, subscribers to go ahead and sell sound packs on the marketplace. So it's really about just opening up whatever you know, producers you know, want to be selling or monetizing, you're going to be able to do that on, on Airbit. And, you know, our goal is to be able to sort of adopt this stuff quickly as soon as an opportunity arises or better yet, you know, we're innovating ourselves to find ways that, you know, producers can go ahead and monetize up front and not just sort of depend on, um, you know, recording with a, with a, with an artist and getting publishing royalties. That's great. So bearing all that in mind, what do you see as the biggest challenge in the space? And this is this is open to both of you, Judah and Kwesi. What what's really the biggest hurdle that you're hoping to help producers clear? Yeah, well, you know, I'll speak just kind of from what I what we see on the platform, and then you know, I'd love Kwesi to expand on as an individual producer. But you know, what we're seeing in general is there is a little bit of like an ambiguity, um, you know, with what it means to be successful. I think a lot of new producers come on and they, you know, expect to put, you know, five beats up on the marketplace. And next thing you know, they're going to be making thousands of dollars a month, uh, you know, on these five beats. Um, I, I think what the misconception is, is just that it takes work. It's, it's, it's a business. You're, you're an entrepreneur as a, as a music producer and it, and it requires, um, you know, outside feedback. What, what I always tell people is that, you know, the, the producer game is not a zero sum game. It doesn't mean that if I sell a beat, you won't sell a beat. It means we need to collaborate as a community in order for us to all be successful. And you'll see this. I mean, look at any, look at any record credits you'll see, especially in hip hop, there's like 10 people listed that get songwriter credits on it. And I think we just, you know, as, as we're coming up and what we see in our discord community is that, you know, people think uh, it's, it's, you know, really, they, they want to be protective. They don't necessarily always want to get, um, you know, the outside feedback. And, and, you know, what we're seeing now is people are really appreciating it. And we're starting to see success. We see people who are opening up and giving it a try and putting their music out there and getting critiqued and, and uh, improving not just their, their business, but also their beat making game. Um, what do you think, Kwesi? Yeah, man, I, I almost have nothing to say. <laughs> uh, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. I think that for me, it was it, uh, from from being from being a producer very early on, being able to say, "Oh, wow, I can actually make money from this thing that I do upstairs in my room," um, and and I'm going out to actually sell. Like that's cool. And then I started understanding what you know, word of mouth was and referrals and you heard from so-and-so about me. Okay, cool. This is what I charge and, and understanding how to get your price point. It really came down to, oh, it's a business. And I think the biggest challenge for producers that are either starting out or getting better is they have to understand that their business prowess has to evolve. Um, if they really want to see those sales, if they really want to um, uh, get to the next level. And really, if you're a part of a community, anyone that even in business, you go to networking events, you, 
you you connect with with communities that's how you expand your partnerships that's how you you grow as a business and sometimes when you think that you're a producer you just make beats um and you don't want to think about the business aspect of it then you're you're cutting yourself um uh you're not cutting you're not you're holding yourself up to a standard that is not going to be reciprocal reciprocating to what you're putting out there. You're going to end up feeling burned out. You're going to end up feeling like, oh, it's the starving musician kind of. That is a myth. And people, content creators have been showing that. And so it's just a matter of applying yourself and really being like, hey, I got to buckle down and understand what is music publishing? I have to make it easy for myself. I have to understand, okay, what do I have to look for in contracts? And so um, these are just kind of key things that, um that i think are really important and it's a challenge right now uh for 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 producers but it's not a challenge when you have a community that is talking about these things that are openly openly asking questions about these things and i think that's one of the most amazing things about um our, our specific discord community is i'm seeing folks ask the the right questions and people are giving legitimate and great answers and sharing resources. And it's just powering and motivating a lot of folks to collaborate. And to Judah's point too, collaboration is is key as, as a producer. You're not going to get better unless you're collaborating with others. You're not, and, and that's for that's a key for business. Partnerships is what what makes these major conglomerates, and um, and it's 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 a system. It's a system of different relationships and. Uh, that's a that's a that's a key part, and that's one of the challenges, or one of the many challenges. But really, at the end of the day, it's it's understanding that you have to grow and evolve um, as a business. I really love that you both brought up this idea of sort of mutual education and mutual feedback that you're seeing in your community. Can you tell me a little bit about how exactly that unfolds? Crazy, do you want to sure. talk about that from the perspective of our Discord community? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, it's, 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 it's a lot of fun. Um, it really comes down to, it really comes down to, um, when, when you're kind of in a, when you're in a community where there's just like feeds and there's a lot of stuff going on, it really starts from introducing yourself, um, giving feedback. People are receptive to feedback. When you create something, you want to hear what people, you naturally want to hear people hear what you're doing and you want them to, to give give you their perspective. And it really starts there. That's where the seed kind of happens. This it's, Maybe it's a seed back feedback, right? Um, and and like in that sense, it's like you, you then draw a connection. There's been so many folks that have collaborated in kind of some of our programming and some of our interactive um, contests and, and beat submissions. And because they hear somebody's idea, if they're not there on their drums, if they're not there on a certain aspect, but one aspect they're totally fine and they're good, it, it leads to these collaborations. And these collaborations leads to these co- uh, collaborative content. Um, and then that's also a relationship. Now you understand another producer and how they approach things. And so it, it really unfolds in a very organic and authentic way um, because it's also set up to do that that's how the programming is set up um but that's you know and that's one of the the many ways that it happens people go offline they dm each other um you know there's there's folks that will just drop a piece of 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 content or or a piece of a beat where they're like dude i'm stuck 
could someone do something to this to just help me think differently? <laughs> and within a day or two, you get someone who sends you something back and sends you some stems and it's like, whoa, I would have never gone in that direction. This is dope. And then now you have someone in your Rolodex that you can always reach out to um, when when you're stuck or when when they're stuck, they send you something. I, I'm, I'm actually backed up right now and I got some stuff to to, to reply to. So, so that's how it kind of unfolds. Um, that's great. Um, yep. That's exciting. All right. We're going to take another break here and then we're going to be right back with Kwesi and Duda and talk a bit more about the future of production and Beats Marketplaces. Whoa, the ideas are flying fast on this episode. If you want to follow up on anything we're talking about today, we've made it easy. Head over to musictectonics.com and find this episode on the podcast page. You'll see show notes full of links and a timestamp roadmap of the conversation. We're not responsible for internet rabbit holes you tumble down in the process. Now, let's get back to the conversation. All right, we're back. Okay, so my favorite part of this podcast, I have to admit, is getting people to get a little bit sci-fi and to imagine uh, their ideal future, in a way, um, get a little bit utopian and creative and talk about where they'd love to see things in five years. And I'd love if you'd both answer this question. Um, it can be specifically about a Beats Marketplace like Airbit, or it can be uh, bigger, broader things from the music business writ large. So Share your thoughts. What, uh, let's start with you, Judah. Um, sorry to make you go first. It's a hard one. Where, <laughs> where would you love to see the music business in five years? What would you love to see in terms of music listening, music making, all that good stuff? Yeah, I mean, I think it's like expanding on what's happening. I think Spotify is is kind of a leader in this space, right? Because they're using data and technology to serve up, um, you know, really bespoke content. And so I look at discovery as being kind of the biggest obstacle to climb, especially like if we zero into Airbit and look at what we're trying to do. Um, if you take a look at our homepage, if you visit airbit.com, you'll see we've got this um, little uh, tab in our, in our nav bar called search by sound. And what that's uh, meant to do is it's meant to, um, you know, analyze a reference track, uh, strip out vocals if there are any, match BPM if you'd like, and use that reference to search our entire database of, of beats to surface beats that sound similar. And so the reason I bring that up is because what it's doing is it's providing opportunity for anyone and everyone who is a creator. And so if you live in a small village in you know remote Portugal uh, and you're a beat maker, you'll still surface in a result uh, based on you know this AI technology. It doesn't mean you have to be a top producer or a most listened producer or a most have the most accolades. What it's doing is it's, it's leveling the playing field. And I feel like this is kind of the thing that like is really what it's about. It's like a, it's a derivative of the long tail of this idea of people finding their people. You know, creators don't, ha you don't have to be Justin Bieber or, or Timbaland or these, these people who are serving a mass, mass market thankful to the media that promotes them. What I'm, what I'm thinking the future is what I loved the utopia is people finding their people, creators finding their audience and being able to be successful making music their career by being able to find their audience. And so that's what we're hoping to do. That's what we're heads down focused on right now is how do we make discovery seamless? How do we make it non-subjective, more objective, more, hey, I like this sound. 
and I want to find something similar to this sound and I want to be able to collaborate with people who kind of share the same sensibility, the same musicality. And that's where I think the, the utopia is. It's about finding, helping people find their audience um, and leaving the artistic part of this to, to the, to the creator. Like I see some of the technology that are like, you know, making full tracks with AI and I, I'm not necessarily saying it's bad, but I, pref- I like the idea of, of, of human creativity and, and the mistakes, you know, people listen to vinyl because of the, the um, realness of it. And, and so I, I really think that it's about just the connection, the networking and bringing people together. Awesome. Kwesi, what are you thinking about in your music tech utopia? Oh, uh, you know, my brain's about to explode right now. <laughs> <laughs> you set me up. You set me up right now with this question. Don't, don't, don't tell me about utopias for producers. I, um, well, well, I think Judah always beats me to the punch uh, when he goes first. <laughs> um, but um, it's, it's, it's really um, how I'm really looking at this. And this is, I think this is also, um, uh, this is also based off of, based off of reflecting on what's happened in the tech industry. One of the things that um, I'm really looking at is the fact that on the horizon, every time a new technology comes out, um, it creates, it becomes another medium, a sub medium, Uh, you know, much homage to uh, the late great Marshall McLuhan and like some of the most amazing writing about what the digital age is going to look like from from the 1960s and 70s, just a real innovative person and just seeing how things are coming about today. It's like the concept of the global village, um, the fact that you can post something and anyone in the world can have access to it and and see what you're posting and the, inter- and the way the internet has changed uh, the world. And when we look at Web 3.0, we look at this concept of uh, decentralized um, platforms or the um, and and ai and what's what's happening it's what i see for the the utopia is producers are going to be artists creators and are going to be fairly compensated for the value that they are providing to the world it's like there's not much content you can watch or experience without experiencing some form of music sound design or uh, composition for your auditory response and 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 that's how you kind of conjure up the right emotions and create an emotional connection to whatever you're trying to communicate. And it's, it, and that kind of has not, th- that's been overlooked to see who's actually powering that aspect of the content and how important is that really? So I think AI is definitely going to allow for folks to, to, to look at, look at the sound. What is the quality and where is the value there? Uh, they bring um, Judah brings up search by sound. The reason why search by sound is so unique is because it's not about your accolades. It's not about you being, you know, the greatest amount. You get the greatest amount of views. It's not about you being this super producer. It's about the sound. It's about the focus on what what are the frequencies, what are the combination of frequencies that you're putting together artistically for it to land for someone to feel inspired enough to create something special and, and something unique and authentic. And, and I, I truly, I'm really, I'm really honored to be able to collaborate with Arabit in this sense, because it's definitely a perspective 
Um, and some companies overlook this. Some folks that are thinking about the future, they overlook this innovative concept is the authenticity. We need to create a, a, a draw, a really, really clear connection um, to to the sound and leave all the BS to the sides. Like you don't need to shuck and jive <laughs> just to be like, hey, look at me, my attention. Mm-hmm. Like, no, we want to we want to build a structure that that allows people to be like, no, you search for what you're looking for. And it doesn't matter who it's coming from. If it's good and it's for you, it's good and it's for you. Well, and- hey, Quasi, Quasi, it's also mm-hmm. not if it's good. It's if that person likes it. So yeah. it's like it's really right. about did that did that person who's looking for that music is that the music that they were looking for? That's it. it. It's all subjective at this point. If it's good or not good, at, at least you know this is this is the way we're we're thinking about it. It's just can we put two people or three people or ten people together that want uh, that that have the same musical vision? I love that right, you're moving right. past the attention economy, Quasi. I mean, that's the only downside of producers kind of stepping into the limelight a little bit is the sort of obligation to have to be to have to capture attention. Um, whereas a lot of producers, um, you know, maybe they want to be out there in front, but some people want to just make really good music, you know, and have other people hear it. So I love the idea of it not being about the attention or like the those sort of maneuvers um but just like is the sound the one i'm looking for right right and 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 it's and it's value it's like whoever seeks the value and they see that oh this this person produces this really obscure type of style that i really like oh can i find something similar to this and this and that's one one thing that's amazing it's like being able to pull from another example bring it here and 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 discover things that sound similar because it, it it's it that is that is so sound focused and it's it's a it's the utility factor of it and and then we're gonna see what's gonna happen and then we're gonna migrate to this this metaverse and what's happening in this kind of virtual world of people connecting all over the world um, I, there's so much here um, sound packs AI generated to help support you feel inspired so being able to generate a beat with with ai it's like not good it's not there but those neural those neural networks and those engines they're they're training on different models so the more it's used the better it'll get so in the next five to ten years it's just going to keep getting better and better the more it's used and the more it's used creatively and i think that's what disruption and innovation really looks like and it's going to be really exciting looking at the next five to ten years Awesome. I agree. Thanks so much, both of you, for talking to me about all these things. And yeah, it's been a real pleasure. Thanks for having us. Awesome. Likewise. Thanks for listening to Music Tectonics. If you like what you hear, please subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We have new episodes for you every week. Did you know you can dig deeper into all our episodes with the show notes at musictectonics.com. While you're there, look for the latest about our annual conference, sign up for our newsletter to get updates, or get the Music Tectonics app for music tech news. Everything we do explores seismic shifts that shake up music and technology the way the Earth's tectonic plates cause quakes and make mountains. Connect with Music Tectonics on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And find me, Dimitri Vitsa, if you can spell it, on LinkedIn. Bye-bye. You're listening to Music Tectonics.